I think that in honor of the sad news that our nation received last night, we owe it to the people to dedicate this to the loving memory of Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> and I'm going to say... <laughs> mocking boy. Oh, mocking boy. I was questioning whether or not to start it out like that or to talk about how I have more respect for Lyndon Johnson now. Uh. That Queen Elizabeth is dead. Oh, you're going to squeeze a nose like that, babe. You squeeze it like this. <laughs> okay, then. I'll squeeze it like that. Oh, my goodness. Let's get into this. <laughs> oh, no. I said no. I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make it quicker. It'll go faster if we just get it out of the way. So, I am not a fan of the royal family. And in some ways, even though I'm not a big user of the term white privilege, I think to myself, well, if you were to use that term, who's more white privileged than the royal family, right? Oh, like they didn't have, what? Well, I'm going to go there again. I mean, at least the Republicans actually have to steal elections. The <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. But these people don't even have to do that. Oh. And yesterday it came out the sad news of the death of Queen Elizabeth. Commentators were on TV talking about this is historic. She has been the reigning monarch since 1952. That's right. That's more than any U.S. president, obviously. And to put it in more perspective, they said that she was ruling for 30% of our nation's history. And she got into office or the castle, however you want to say it, the year that uh, Eisenhower left the White House, I believe. Okay. Or was elected out. He technically left in 53. Yeah. But my whole thing is she never really had that much power because by the time she took over, it was basically a figurehead thing. Yeah, but you're... But, what? Hold on. I have, I have a few more things to say about her. And this we're dedicating this to her. Oh. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, um, uh, even though I said no. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it because I know what you're going to do. And I have always found it weird how people in this country hold the royal family in such high esteem because their job is basically to be rich snobs. Yeah, but you're coming at this from a from an American perspective that doesn't care, uh, an, um, from a perspective, right? You have your own perspective of it, but... Um, you're looking at them as just British, um, rich people. Yeah, exactly. But, but that's because, I mean, I don't, now keep in mind, I don't know much about the royal family, but to her credit, she really did mean something to the people of Britain. And there were some people, I guess, that were divided, um, as far as who, um, honored the monarchy and who didn't, I guess. I, I, I'm guessing, I heard that they, um, the British Isles were divided on that. I don't know much about their history, but she did mean something to the people of Britain. Um, and she ran, I mean, not ran, I'm sorry. She, she was, she reigned for a very, very long time longer. Um, um, I guess it's like, they're saying um, that it was the end of an era now. And now 
uh, Charles, King Charles III now is going to be king. Okay. I actually wasn't done talking yet. Okay. And one, we don't live in England. We live in America. And let's talk about how crazy things are with America with this lady. I go on Apple's website because I had heard that they are doing a, like an update to the iPhone. And I'm not going to get the new one, but I was just curious. And on their website, they say something like Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, 1922 to 2022 or some nonsense like that on their homepage. So? And I thought to myself, this is an American company. And it, it even goes further than that. Ugh. What? Hold on. Hold I on, babes. I told you I didn't want to talk about it. But that's where we're getting it out of the way, because that way we can move on to Yeah, but stuff. you didn't. You, I said I would think about it, and I never even gave you an answer. You're like, we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, real, well, babes, this is, we're a country in mourning right now. I love how you go on these um, crazy rants. Okay. I'm a fan of John Iderola. But I watched a clip from the damage report yesterday, and I guess they were live when the news came out. I, I wasn't able to watch it live yesterday. I, I was doing other stuff. Yeah. And he was on there with Francesca Fiorentini, and they said, you know, it's the queen died and they were both remarking well isn't it amazing that she was able to reign for 70 years and i thought to myself she's basically in public relations yeah but she didn't what, make any policies yeah but you even said that you don't know much about the royal family because you choose not to know about them and you're assuming that she was just in public relations but i heard that she did a lot more for the british people i don't know a lot about like i said i don't know a lot about the history of the monarchy but but to her you know, in her defense, she really did mean something to the British people, whether you um, wanted to think so or not. You have to at least give her that. But why do we have to focus on it so much in America? Well, why don't you ask a person from England? My brother-in-law is from England. And so far, I haven't gotten any texts from my sister saying that he's, you know, near suicidal because of this lady's death. Well, I mean, she... she it sounds to me, and I'm just an outsider looking at this, it sounds to me that she wasn't just an influence in England, but she was an in influence globally, just like Diana was influenced was an influence globally. So something about the royal family has captivated um, Americans. Um, I'm, I don't I don't quite understand that necessarily because I don't know much about them, but um, but, you know, people are fascinated with, um, with the royal family and, you know, at least try to show a little bit of respect. And my, even if you don't care, humble opinion, I think they have really good PR and, and they're okay. Let me ask you a question. This isn't a knock on Trump, okay. but how, what, what roughly do you think not Donald Trump's net worth is? And I know you don't uh, have the exact I really number. don't know. I'm I'm guessing it's probably close to the billions or maybe I, I don't know. So I would you say that. two billion more than that? I'm I, gonna get okay, so I don't know, but yeah. I'm gonna guesstimate it's at least two billion. Okay. Maybe. Did you know that people have speculated the Buckingham Palace, her home is worth an estimated five billion dollars? So, and I know you just made a guess on Trump and you don't know the exact numbers, but based on your guess, her home 
of an ex-president is worth more than twice as much as he is. And she grew up there. So how in touch could you really be with common folk if you grew up in that environment? Yeah, but come on, though. I mean, we're we're talking about two different countries, okay? We're yeah. talking about our country versus their country. I don't know how things are running in the UK. I don't understand how the monarch monarchy works. At least to at least give them um at least think about them as a country because from what I've been hearing she has treated her subjects with the uh, humility and graciousness and um n nobody has really said a whole lot of um a whole lot of things about um her as a person that would uh cause someone to scratch their heads like there were no as far as i know there weren't any scandals surrounding her um just like there i mean not like uh like charles and diana but with her um she kind of uh it sounded like she did what she uh she she did her job well i, I don't know what all she does what or what all she did as queen but um, I understand from what I've been hearing that she did um, have a duty to her nation and she she did work um, she did work for her nation. So I you can't say that she's not doing anything or she didn't do anything. Basically, babes, what you do as a queen and as a king, by the way, this isn't like a sexist thing. It goes for pretty much every member of the royal family. You host banquets you cut some ribbons once in a while and maybe occasionally you'll give a speech and that's it that's your whole job mm, that's a cynical rick talking oh my goodness and, and 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 you also on occasion you will have a few dignitaries as guests at your five billion dollar home how would you know that you don't even know anything about the royal family and and to tell you the truth i don't either but i would oh. imagine that they do stuff they don't just host banquets, cut ribbons, and um, and invite dignitaries over. I'm sure that there's a lot more to her her queenly duties that she did. No, that's why you have parliament and the prime minister. I I don't know, Buzz. I all I'm all I'm saying is at least in her defense, she did she did mean something to Britain, even if you don't care. And again, I just don't see why it's such a big deal that an American tech company has to have a thing about her on their web. Oh, what? <laughs> you both. We've already talked about ah, that. All right, all right, all right. Oh, seriously. Oh my goodness. See, I have to keep this boy in line because he tends to like to kind of- Make sense. No, uh, go go through uh, rabbit holes and never come out of them until oh my I tell goodness. him you should. <laughs> you know. And again. Rabbit hole wig. Well, I have very mixed feelings about Lyndon Johnson. I haven't heard some I haven't heard a lot of glowing things about that man. And and there's good arguments to be made against him because he got us or at least escalated things in Vietnam yeah. and he lied to do it. Uh -huh. He made up the Gulf of Tonkin incident. So that's horrible. And he was a racist. Like I heard he, about I he, heard that about that. He yes. was members uh, he was friends with members of the KKK. He used a racist language in private. And we know this because of all the people and recordings that are out there. And yet, 
he passed more positive civil rights legislation than any other president in U.S. history. That boggles my mind because if he's supposed to be this racist, then why would he pass uh, civil rights legislation? Along with that, he uh, fought for voters' rights. So we think of black people were oppressed because of uh, Jim Crow, and that's true. But there's also uh, other things he did for voting rights in this country. And he fought for affordable housing. So he he is a very mixed bag in my mind. I don't understand why he would be fighting for um, uh, voters' rights, especially for minorities, when uh, it sounds to me like he didn't like black people. And He was a complicated person. I don't understand that. And I, I don't know if you could go as far as to say he didn't like black people as he thought they were uh, inferior to him. Okay. Well, it pretty much means that you don't think of that you think of them as less of a person. I read, as you know, a four-part biography on Lyndon Johnson that will one day hopefully be a five-part biography. <laughs> but as of now, only the first four parts have come out. Wow. And Robert A. Carroll, you're like 89 years old, bro. <laughs> no, no, that ain't even a joke. You gotta we gotta get you out here before you uh visit the Queen of England, right? Oh my goodness. Um, I would be willing to read this biography again with you. Wow. Did it, did it say that it was, that part five was coming? Yes. It was, and originally, babes, he started work on this book in the 1970s, right after Lyndon <laughs> Jackson died, the author did. And it was supposed to be three parts and it just kept expanding and expanding. Uh, Wow. Well, uh, yeah, he's better. he better start now because he may not be around in 10 years. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read these books with me? I don't know. Is, is it? Are they long? Yeah, each book is in audio form, like 40 hours roughly. Wow. Yeah. Something to think about. Wow. It is. That's a lot. We might do that next year. Wow. Yes. But it's really in-depth stuff, and it's pretty good. But... He was the only U.S. president from the time of Eisenhower until Joe Biden that never met with the Queen of England. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And and he was, yeah, wow. That's... Every other president in her time met with her. Wow. How do you feel about this? Um, that's interesting. Mm. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, honestly. Yes. Well, good. Well, I hope you research LBJ there. J-Wall. Yes. And we can move on from the queen now. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I, one last thing. I did tell you this morning because your sister has a birthday tomorrow to please pass along my condolences because I know that she must be in a lot of pain now. Mm-hmm. And knowing that her birthday has to live in the shadow. Oh my goodness. Of such a horrific chapter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're mocking. Sorry, boy. babes. I didn't know. I don't kiss mocking. I don't either. So give me a kiss. No. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, because you need a kiss. I do? Yeah, Oh, my goodness. And yesterday was also a very important day, because it was the 56th anniversary of... J-Lo, go ahead. I don't even remember. The airing of the very first episode of Star Trek. Oh, I keep forgetting. Well, actually, not the first episode. That was The Cage, but the first American broadcast of Star Trek, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. 
Well, I forgot about that completely. Oh, oh. But I know you would know that because you're a big Star Trek fan. Exactly. So like twacky. Twacky. <laughs> yes. 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 But we can move on from the Queen. Thank you. Yes. And let's talk about my own impending demise. <laughs> J-Lo. Yeah. I thought you were in favor of Dr. Assistant Suicide. I never said that. That was my interpretation. Yeah. Apparently you weren't paying attention. We were joking around this morning. It came out that I'm incorrect. So the way I understand it, and please excuse me if I'm wrong. Okay. You feel that if somebody... Like, let's say I leave here tomorrow and I get hit by a bus. Yeah. And they say, Rick's pretty much dead. Uh, you know, we could leave him alive now in a lot of pain. Or we could pull the plug now and he'll die in a well, couple Well, I already hours. know what you're going to... I already know what you're going to I know, but I'm do. trying to get your take. Okay. You would be okay with them pulling the plug? Yes. The only, the only reason is because you would be okay with it. Okay. But you, you, you wouldn't see it as like God sending Rick to hell and me along with him because I said it's okay to pull the plug. You wouldn't look at it like that. No, because you told me yourself you wanted to go really fast. Nice. And you have said in the past that if a Christian person commits suicide, it doesn't mean that they're going to get excluded from going to heaven. No. And I've heard other Christians say that. And because no. the the rationale I've heard is that not believing in Jesus is the only sin, right. but the reason you would go to hell for committing suicide is because you can't live to repent for it. And so you would go to hell for committing suicide. I don't agree with that. I And I'm glad that you don't. I, no, I don't because um, that's absolutely ludicrous whoever said that. Okay. Because there are passages in the Bible of people who never... Um, got a chance to repent. And um, in fact, uh, one of the robbers that was um, on a cross um, next to Jesus, one of them um, asked him to remember, remember him before he goes into his, before he goes back to heaven. Oh. Um, and he said, today you will be with me in paradise. So that basically means that even if he, wasn't able to repent in life, um, this person would still be able to ask for forgiveness and go to heaven after he dies. Interesting. So for this, for someone to say that they would never live to repent, um, that's not true. Yeah, I think they were trying to say that, and, and this discussion happened years ago, so it may be a little bit muddled in my oh, mind. Okay. But because I think we had discussed murder and they said, it's not that murder is okay, but you could still go to heaven if you murdered, if you repented, yeah. but then suicide came up. And that, that was the rationale behind why you would go to hell. No, if you no, suicide. That's, that's absolutely false. Okay. That's absolutely false. Nice. And now let's get on to your beliefs. So based on that stuff, I thought you were, if not in favor of doctor assistant suicide, at least on some level, okay with it. No, I was never okay with it. And I was very, very disturbed this morning. No, I was never okay with um, giving people a, a lethal cocktail to um, to kill them off. No. So, I'm going to give you a scenario. Oh, jeez. You already know that I am 100% in favor of doctor-assisted suicide. In fact, there's an argument that it should be done more. But that's a, that's a completely different discussion. Let's say you and I get married. 
right? Yeah. And I don't know, a couple years later, I get like a, a horrible, debilitating disease. And they say, Rick, you're going to die in three weeks. And by the way, uh, thanks to the nature of this disease, you are going to be in incredible pain until you pass away. The, the most intense pain you could ever imagine. But they say, you know, but luckily, Rick, you're, you're a lib and you live here in the state of Oregon. So we have doctor-assisted suicide and we can put you out of your misery. Uh, but, you know, because you're not really of sound mind right now because you're in all this pain, we're going to leave that decision to your lovely light wife, Miss J-Lo. <laughs> my, my name wouldn't be Miss J-Lo after that. Oh, good point. <laughs> I was just making sure you're listening. <laughs> I guess I was. Now, I'm in excruciating pain, so I'm just like hardly here talking to myself or screaming about why won't the pain stop. But you know from our various discussions that I would prefer doctor-assisted suicide than to just live in pain. So why you want to choose it for yourself if you are, um, I guess, in charge of me at that point? Will you allow the doctors to put me out of my misery? I don't know if I could do that. That would be really hard. Um, and and doesn't the doctors have to take a note that says do first do no harm? And a doctor might make the argument, babes, and I have known people in the medical field. First do no harm. First do no harm. That, yes, that's true. And you could, on the surface, look at it like we're killing somebody, but... A doctor could say, we're putting somebody out of their misery who's going to die in a couple of weeks anyway, but we're just making sure that they're not in extreme pain for any longer than they need to be. Yeah, I just... And I and I, and I love that rush. I just couldn't agree with that. Wow. I'm sorry. I just think it's so inhumane. I think it would be better if they just... if It, it would be a different scenario if they had you on life support and you were pretty much brain dead because yeah. they would... You know, just, just let him get off of life support and let him die peacefully. But I'm telling you that I think it would be more inhumane just to live in complete agony. But 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 what if they give you a lethal cocktail and it's a lot worse than what you could have um, endured had you not taken it? I'm just now, saying. I have researched suicide before. This was, the, this was in my younger days and out of curiosity. And I remember... But when when I clarify my younger days, I realize that can make it sound like it was last week or when I was five. <laughs> so for some clarification, yeah, I was a teenager. So you're probably like about sixteen, say, uh, maybe nineteen, eighteen 19, or nineteen. Eighteen yeah. or nineteen. So this was still a long time ago. Yeah, it wasn't last week or anything like that. Okay. And I remember researching. Well, what happens to you if you take a whole bunch of sleeping pills to off yourself? Yeah. What I heard, and it varied, but one of the things was, depending on the person, the pills, and their blood chemistry, you could suffer for several hours before you die. Uh-huh. Having said that, if we're in the end-of-life scenario, and I'm in massive pain anyways, I think four hours of a little bit more suffering is better than several weeks. Yeah, but you don't know how it's going to go because... As you know, pills work different in everybody's bodies. Yeah. So you, your body chemistry, your blood chemistry can affect how the pills work. So you don't know how it's going to go. It could be a breeze or it could be the most excruciating pain. 
even worse than what you're experiencing. But they could also, because they're, you know, medical doctors and they have more access to stuff than I do. They could, you know how like with little kids, when they put them under, they put something over their nose. And it's uh, like this gas goes, gas goes into their nose and it puts them Oh, out. like a gas mask? Yeah. I've had that happen to me. Yeah. And I had that happen to me when I had my tonsils taken out. Yeah. And it, and it was just, it was pretty quick and I didn't even know that I was asleep until I woke up. They could also just put me out and then just keep the mask on me and crank it up to full volume until I'm just completely out of it. Oh, and I think that they'd probably do something like that. If, uh, they, if, they, if they told you they're going to do that to me and it'll be I, very quick, would you allow it? I don't know. <laughs> we got to come to some consensus on this. I, why? I mean, you're assuming that you're going to, you're, you're assuming that this is the way that you're going to die as far as whether it's cancer or. Well. Uh, we don't have to agree on this today, uh, but if we ever want to, like, why would you even have to make me make that? I, decision? I'm telling you why. If we ever want to have a real discussion about possibly one day getting married, mm -hmm. we will have to because if if for and I don't want to die of a terminal disease. You already know. No, I want it to be one of those situations where I don't know what's going on, and so that way, when friends are talking about me on the phone afterwards, we'll just be like. Yeah, Ricky just died all of a sudden. I don't even think he was aware of it. I want people to discuss me like that when they talk, when they first hear that I died. I want them to be in shock because it's so quick. Oh, my goodness. But assuming that doesn't happen, mm -hmm. if we ever wanted to get married, and we're not talking about it in any real not way. Not yet. But if we ever wanted to get married, we would want to be on the same page on this. So that way, God forbid, I got a terminal disease. You, I would have full confidence that you would uh, have them pull the plug on me. If if that's what you wanted, it's, yes, I yes. I, I it, yeah. it's there's no ifs, ands, or buts on this one. That is what I want. If I get a terminal disease, I want you. I want doctor assisted suicide to be done. No, but you're confusing doctor assisted suicide with. Pulling you off of life support. Okay. It's not doctor assisted I could have used better verbiage, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, that just means cutting off. I know. I, I could have I could have worded it better, but let's get rid of the semantics. You know what I mean. If they say you got cancer and you're going to die in a few weeks and it's extreme pain until then, I want to be out of it that night. And I live in a state where doctor assisted suicide is a legal option. And before, if we ever got married, we would have to be on the same page with you maybe being against it in theory, but in my case, you would have to respect my rights because in that situation, you might have to speak for me because of the way I might be in so much pain that I can't articulate this. And even if it's written down ahead of time, if you're the spouse, you might be able to step in and say, no, I don't want this. Right. Oh, you mean I would have the the legal right to do that? I, I don't know. Okay. But I'm assuming that you might, even if I had it written down ahead of time, because you could say, well, I disagree with that. And Rick's not of sound mind right now, and I am. And if right. you do this, you're killing him, and yeah. I will take you to court, or whatever the case Whatever it is, yeah. So I, I would need you to respect that that's well, my decision. Well, we would decision. have to have a conversation about whether or not you would give me the right to say no, even if... I mean, I don't know, because it could go either way. But I'm telling you, I don't know quite how the law works. And if I'm not of sound mind when they give me this diagnosis, and when, 
if, God forbid, they gave me that diagnosis, the pain might be too much for me. And so even if I wrote something down that said, I want to be taken out, you might be able to overrule that if you're my spouse. Oh, boy. I really don't want to talk about this right now. Why not? We're doing a podcast. People can listen. Oh. <laughs> well, at least give me 20 years to think about it. 20 I'm, years? Not 20 years. I'm just kidding. I might be dead by then. <laughs> uh, the cancer might have spread to my urethra and my ovaries. You don't have ovaries. Oh, good. Good point. And you don't have a you don't have a uterus. You do okay. have a urethra, but not a uterus. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's what makes my uh, uterine cancer so tragic. <laughs> you don't have a uterus. You can't have uterine cancer. Thank you. Or ovarian cancer. For they, that well, matter. they say it's a miracle. It's just the type that kills. <laughs> no. Well, well if you had if you had a uterus and ovaries, uh, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Thank you, thank you. But you know what I mean. <laughs> At some point, we do have to have a serious conversation about this. And, and I hate to say this, we it has to end with you agreeing with me. Oh, jeez. So, I guess this, we have to reverse the situation, even though I think, based on what you said, I know the answer. But just to be clear, uh-huh. and you are a cancer survivor. Yes, I am. But if it came back aggressively, and we were married, and they come to me and say, Alana is in extreme pain right now, and she's going to be like that until she dies. You would want me not to have you killed. You would want to not like that. Me. No, I I don't want I don't want chemicals in me um, because I've already had a lot of chemicals in me. Um, if if it if there was a choice between um, like if the doctor said, oh, she only has like I don't know, like a, how, a month. like a month or something. I would just would I would rather just um, live the rest of my life with you if we ended up marrying each other and my family and friends and just to enjoy that month until it was ready but until it was time for me to go. But we're saying that the pain is so excruciating at that point that all you're basically doing is screaming and I'm left with the choice and all you're doing is screaming. Oh, God, get me out of this pain. Right. Or you're just yelling and nonsensical stuff. And they say she has a month left of this. What do I do? In the, what do you want me to do in that situation? I don't want you to do anything. Wow. You would want to live with that type of pain for a month. Well, I mean, assuming we're talking yeah, about Yeah, we are making a lot of this okay? Yes, Assuming I know. that that actually happens to me. I mean, if I, if I had at least a month to live... And and people have been in worse pain than, you know, like, think of what quadriplegics go through, okay? I hear you. Think about that. Quadriplegics go through a lot more pain than we could ever imagine in some cases because they're, um, you know, if you get, if you, if you, for example, have a diving accident yeah. and you're, and, I, and, and, and I'm referring to somebody that um, people may not have heard of, but... Um, Suppose you get into a diving accident when you're um, a lot younger and you're a quadriplegic for decades and you've been in pain for a long, long, long time. And the easiest thing to do would be to put this person out of their misery, but they, they choose to live because they feel like there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of more, um, there's a lot more things that um, they still have to do on earth. I I would say that if 
the doctor gave me a month. I I wouldn't want to. Um, I would want to spend um more time at home. Right, but I'm saying the pain is so intense that they'd say you're basically just going to spend a month screaming your head off. I really don't know how to answer that question. Wow. And see, that's the difference between you and me. In my case, I would say, oh, yeah, end it now then, bro. End it now. Let's 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 wrap this stuff up. Okay. Yes, but that's just me. Okay. Well, I would like uh, you to think about that because I want to know what your final wishes are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I mean, if I had my way, I just would like to... Just die peacefully in my sleep if if I did. Yeah, and you, and you know, obviously, what I would want because I won't shut up about it. But <laughs> I'm giving you, like, the you know, a, a horrible scenario in case we don't get what we want. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really depressing conversation. Yeah. You know, I used to, when I was a lot younger, past the legal statute of limitations, mm. do a fair amount of psychedelics as a younger man. We're talking mushrooms here, babes, and some edibles. I never went, like, full crazy with other stuff. You did? Okay. No, I was always afraid of acid. I heard some horrible things about acid. And I'm afraid of acid because I've known of people who did it and were never the same afterwards. Mm. So that's why I've never done it, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah, I heard it's pretty brutal. But I got into a period of time, babes. This is before we met. This is how long ago this was. Where I had a, a routine I would do where occasionally I do some psychedelics and meditate or listen to some spiritual lectures. And I talked about this once with a friend of mine and he was, he said to me, you have to be very careful when you're doing that because apparently there's this thing. And I, I don't know if my friend was just saying this to mess with me or if this is real, but of people doing high doses of psychedelics and meditating and dying during the meditation process. Wow. But that would be a pretty cool way to go. No, you don't want to do that. Why not? Uh, Why? No. Why? No, not good. Why not? No. Why? You want to pre- you don't you want to preserve your mind, but not waste it. Well, I would make the argument and you're mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on, you're not going to like this. I know you said it like a uh, before. It bears repeating though. Huh? <laughs> that you actually are preserving your mind and a lot of people based on, a lot of people would also make that argument a lot of people that do it all the time probably. oh my not all not all of them Blood push, oh my goodness <laughs> but i've also Sometimes it's, I, I think it's better to feel than not feel at all to tell you the truth uh but the, the psychedelics doesn't make it to where you don't feel at all it actually gives you more empathy uh-huh. it does uh-huh. And I like how you're able to say something based on that never doing it, never doing it. <laughs> now maybe it doesn't help with my dyslexia, but it has helped with my empathy. And I have also told you that if I am on my deathbed for whatever reason, I would like a high dose of psychedelics. Oh, oh, like Elvis Huxley, except not with LSD. With mushrooms. My heesh. Bob, can we talk about something else? This is really depressing. Oh, it is. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And again, in loving memory of Elvis. May she rest in peace. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
What am I going to do with him? You're going to love me, okay? I do already. Think of something else. Okay. I'm just kidding. We went to the store today. Yes. To get some snacks, and I'm very thankful of it. Yeah. But I was concerned about you because you you were, like, lucid, and then it felt like as soon as we entered the store, you were kind of out of it. But then, no, it, like, I, as soon as we left the store, you were back in it. No, I wasn't out of it at all. I was tired, but I wasn't – I I knew where we were. Um, I did accidentally spill a bottle of um, barbecue sauce. Yeah. And – it was, I think it was um, like on a shelf or something. So this wasn't a 7-Eleven uh, like I thought it was. It's like a local s- store. And I wasn't quite sure where the ice cream was. We go up to the register and we're waiting. It was a little bit, it, it was kind of um, hard because he was talking to uh, a guy that yeah. was trying to find, um, I think it was like rubber pieces or something. But at one point... Mm-hmm. I say to you, hey, babes, do we just want to get these chips and drinks and go? And you're like, oh, what's going on? No, no, I didn't say that. Okay. I, I was I was trying to say, why don't we just get it? But then he was like, oh, I'll, I'll show you guys where the ice cream is. Because yeah. I'm thinking this guy's going to take too long. And at another point, I say, hey, babes, you should tell him about the barbecue sauce. Yeah, I, w- I was. And you're like, oh, barbecue sauce? Bill? Bob. What? I love you, babes. No, seriously. I don't think people need to know about that. Okay. but I, I was just afraid that you were like really, really tired or something. No, I wasn't. I was tired, but I wasn't. I, I knew where we were. Okay. I knew what we were doing. That was just from your, per, uh, that was your perception of it, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. No. Well, I love you, babes. I love you. I love my jewel. I just kissed your hand. I know. Because I will. My pick. Very good there, Jay. No, I, w- I was definitely not out of it. Okay. Um, but I was a little bit, I was, I was a little bit uh, irritated just because I wasn't sure how long he was going to take with the guy. Yeah. But we got everything we wanted and uh, the ice cream is safe in the freezer. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, good. Um, and also too, I'm glad that we got it when we did because... Um, it's supposed to get hotter and a lot windier and, and you combine those two I know. things. Um, and I thought I smelled some smoke on the way there too. You might have, because for some perspective, they're going to be turning out, turning off power for a lot of people this weekend. And the rationale is with the wind and trees, the energy companies are afraid that there might be an accident and it could cause a fire. Now, where we are in Multnomah County, they say that they're not going to do that here. But that doesn't mean that a fire hasn't already started someplace else and smoke hasn't traveled here. Where is um, Cedar Creek? It's, uh, you know, it's around the way. I don't know where it is. I'm really, really bad <laughs> with geography. And I asked you I asked you this morning, I said, where's Marion County? And you didn't even know where that was. Well, again, babes, <laughs> you got to remember the queen died the other day. No, 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 you, you're, you're actually from Oregon. I am. You have no excuse. But the depression from her death. No, 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 no. You have no excuse. You you are from Oregon. I should, I should, I shouldn't have to ask you where Marion County is because you should know where it is. But you know, the last day for me has just been a complete haze because of this, her passing. Oh, bro. What? Stop mocking. (laughs) I love you, babes.
Um, so I was reading that um, there was some Labor Day fires two years ago, which I totally forgot about. And I think, yeah, I think there was. I think there was too, but that time of period, that period of time was so intense that it, it's easy just to like let things slip from the memory. And then we also experienced a windstorm sometime during that year. And mm. I think it was. It was around that time. It was around that time and it was cold. Yeah. It was, it was in the fall. I remember that. And, um, I remember, um, I didn't want to go outside cause it was cold and I thought I heard some fire trucks already, um, during that, that storm. Cause I think we had it for like a couple of days. I think it was. Yeah. 2020 and, was just intense. And, and thank goodness, um, I didn't have a power outage and you didn't. I know. Yeah. Yes. I'm thinking babes. Yeah. About investing in some portable power banks. So the way, are you familiar with them? Uh, what is that? Okay, so basically they're like a big battery and the way they work is you plug them into the wall uh -huh. and then charge them. And a lot of people will take them if they're going out of town uh -huh. or to a different country where the outlets are different. Yeah. And that way, if your phone is near dead with the power or a laptop you just plug them into the power banks and charge them from there really and you can usually store up enough energy for three or four different charges wow but i'm thinking because the weather is getting more and more extreme even though it's not from climate change as you say no it might make some sense to buy a couple of those so if we hear for example during the winter that there's they're expecting big power outages in the city uh -huh. we could charge like three or four of those up and then power our uh, tech devices of choices in huh? the case that uh, something actually does happen. Don't they have like um, portable generators? They might, could... but I think that those are really bulky and really expensive. These power yeah. banks, mm -hmm. you could fit them in your bag pretty easily. Okay, yeah. so they're they're um, smaller. Uh, how how small are the batteries? Well. It varies from device to device, but I think they're roughly the size of the iPad, just a little bit more bulky. Oh, okay. Yeah. The 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 banks? Yes. Okay. So I'm considering buying a couple of them just to have. Well, what about like powering powering stoves or um microwaves or whatever you're using to cook stuff? Uh, it probably wouldn't work with a okay. stove. Probably not. Okay. But it, depending on the model, I don't think it would work with a microwave, but I could be wrong. Okay. But also, if you had access to your technology, yeah. let's say the power is out for a couple of days. Yep. One that could help you keep track of the progress they're making oh, and sure, getting yeah. power back in your area. Right. Um, And two, it would also just help with keeping you entertained. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yes. Mm. So, I don't know. There might be ones that work with microwaves. I'm sure there would have to be. Or, you know, I don't know, something like that. Because people also take them when they go camping. Right. Yeah. Because I always wondered that because if the power is out, then none of your sockets would work. You Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you just charge it. So, if you know that the power outage is coming in like a day, you take that time and you charge your power banks. Wow. Yeah. And how long do they usually charge for? I don't know. I haven't had one. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to do some research into this. Huh. Yes. Interesting. Interesting, babe. Very good. Yes. <laughs>
But no, I'm glad my groceries got here. I'm glad we were able to to pick stuff up really quickly. And uh, and that's good. Yeah, we didn't get everything we wanted because, for example, this store didn't have ruffles and they only carried Coke products. So we got Cherry Coke. Which is fine because I don't drink Cherry Coke very often. Yeah, and I would have preferred Cherry Pepsi, but it's... I would have, yeah. I would have I would have definitely refer, preferred a Wild Cherry Pepsi, but it's okay. Right, but in the grand scheme of things, Cherry Coke is the best kind of Coke. So, you know. Mm. Well, one of them. And that way, mm-hmm. too, when I talk to my friends on Sunday and they say, what did you do this weekend? I could say, oh, I spent... Uh, Friday in bed, messing around with the lawn and doing a bunch of coke. Oh my goodness. What? Bubs. What? And I'll be honest, boy. Bubs. What? Would you stop it? What? I don't want to be a part of it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Would you stop that? It's, it's a joke, peeps. Oh my. It's all good fun. It's all okay, good fun. but why do you have to put me and coke in the same sentence? Well, I'm just telling you what I'm going to tell my friends that I did on Friday. Ugh. <sighs> By the way, yes. did you know apparently they still use real cocoa leaves in the uh, production of Coca-Cola? I think you told me that, yeah. Oh, I did? Okay. Yeah, we, we talked about this before. I heard about that on Joe Rogan. And I was like, oh, wow. I yeah. thought they got rid of those. Well, they no longer use pure cocaine, but they still use the cocoa leaves that cocaine comes from. The, yeah. Yeah, coca leaves. Coca leaves, yeah. Yeah, I can never speak. Yeah, cocoa is is a uh, is a bean. I know, I know. Yeah, yes. cocoa is a bean or a cacao. Yes. Um, I don't know what the difference between cocoa, the cocoa bean, or the cacao bean. I don't know if it's the same thing. I think it basically is. Okay. But uh, what do I know of the AJ? Well, anything I say today that goes off wrong, remember I'm still in mourning. <laughs> and it's, it's a miracle that I'm doing this at all. Bob. What? You're the one who said we should talk about it. That's oh, that is me. That is. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Anyways, we'll we'll drop that for now, and just know that uh, while we may be laughing, you are hearing tears of a crown a clown because I'm <laughs> crying inside today. <laughs> Tears of a clown when there's no one around. Exactly. That's a good song. That's a great song. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. J-Lo. Yes. We hung out Sunday night. Yes. And then I ended up leaving super early uh, Friday, uh, Monday. Monday morning. But we watched a, a few things. Yeah. Tell me about the first film we saw. We saw Heathers, which I did not... I only saw parts of it, and I only saw parts of it on TV. Yes. That stars um, <clears throat> Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. And Shannon Doherty plays a Heather, who yes. lives pretty much to the end of the movie. Heather Duke. Yes. Yes. Heather Dookie. Dookie. Keep going, babes. Okay, so this is the basic premise of Heathers. There's these three popular girls in this high school i forgot the name of it and they're called heather each of their names are heather um heather duke heather chandler and the other one which i don't know what their last name is heather heatherson heather heatherson yep uh, um um here's a side note did you know did you know um have you ever seen um 
what heather is it's like a flower right i think it's like a flower or some kind of a plant or a shrub or something mm. yeah nice but anyway so um heather chandler is like the head heather of the heathers and i don't know who plays her but she's she's good oh um Veronica is Winona Ryder and she's hanging out with these three Heathers or like her best friends or whatever, or I don't know. Anyway, um, she is really annoyed with this Heather because she doesn't want Veronica to talk to any of the geeks, um, or any of the losers that Heather, Heather thinks are losers. And she's kind of going about her business and, she meets this guy named Jason Dean, a.k.a. J.D., who's played by a young Christian Slater. Yep. They start hanging out. And Veronica doesn't really know much about this guy. She just knows that she really likes him. And they start dating for a bit. Uh, would you like to fill in some stuff? Jason is a bit of a lady killer. Uh, literally. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a crazy person. They go over to Heather's place. Heather Chandler. Chandler. Because, because Veronica's thinking she's got to, they've got to do something about this girl. Jason makes her a drink. She drops dead. And now everybody starts thinking that Heather Chandler was a really deep person. And she, and she falls on a piece of, what is it? Uh, Oh, so you, I thought she fell through, like, some glass. Oh, I think it was a coffee table. I'm sorry. Yeah. She, she fell through a coffee table. Like a glass coffee table. And that's how she died. Yep. <laughs> kind of a, a sad but kind of funny way she did. Anyway. And one of the jocks is spreading rumors around the school about Veronica. Yep. So Jason has the idea, why don't we invite him and one of his friends out to the woods? And you're going to, or in front of the school, rather. Yep. Or near the school, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's in the woods somewhere. Yeah, yeah, maybe behind the school. Yeah. It's been a couple of days. Yep. And tell each of the guys that you want to have sex with them, but tell them to show up pretty much in their underwear. Yep. We're going to plant gay stuff on them. And, he's, and, and by the way, this was made in the 80s before our society was so politically correct. And And this was around the time that people were still learning more about AIDS. And about gay culture and all that stuff. And jocks of this period were known to be a little bit homophobic. So that's why we're allowed to laugh at this. Okay. Okay. He also says, we're going to shoot them with a gun. And it's not going to kill them, but a little bit of blood will come out. And it's probably going to make them unconscious for a while. Yep. Well, let's just say these are real guns. <laughs> and real bullets. Ver J.D. and Veronica killed these two gentlemen. And then, J.Lo, would you like to continue? <laughs> Why I cry about the queen? Oh, my goodness. Sorry, would go you ahead. stop? All right, all right, go ahead. That's enough mocking right. for the day. All right, go ahead. And Veronica gets very, very upset with him and says, You're, you, know, you, you told me they weren't real bullets. These are real bullets. We actually killed these people. And... I think this is around the time where she says, you know what? It's over. I don't want to ever see you again because you're crazy. Um, meanwhile, she's trying to get her, um, she's trying to get her 
um, reputation back and all the, all the students can talk about is Heather Chandler because they think that, oh, she, um, she committed suicide and they're, um, they're, um, that one hippie teacher is trying to, to get the students together and Veronica thinks she's a weirdo and everybody else does too. And now people are also talking about the jocks and their secret love affair. <laughs> yes. And then um, she fantasizes about killing the other Heather, which is Heather Duke. I think that's um, Shannon Doherty's character. Yep. She doesn't kill her. I think she has a crazy dream about killing her, but it doesn't happen, apparently. Um, meanwhile, uh, you know, Veronica is trying to get Jason off of her mind, but she can't get him off of her mind. And she's like, oh, maybe I should give him another chance. You know, maybe I should give him another chance. And I think in the midst of all that, I, I think, did, did she meet her, his dad, um, Early in the movie. Okay. Yeah. She finds out that his dad is just as messed up as he is because his dad just blows up buildings. Blows up buildings and and surprise, surprise, uh, uh, like father, like son, Jason has a killing streak. So meanwhile, um, fast forward, um, Jason's trying to get Veronica back, and they're trying to get. They're trying to have this pep assembly. Am I missing anything? You are. I'll just fill in quickly. Okay. At first, Jason's thinking about killing Veronica. She knows this based on what Jason told her parents. So she fakes her suicide. He goes into her room and confesses that he wants to blow up the school. Leaves. We find out that she's not really dead. And the next day, there is an assembly where people present their pep. Right, the pep assemblies. Yep. Yes. <clears throat> and I remember those because I got to get out of class early. <laughs> <coughs> that was part of the band. Anyway, so they're in the boiler room. She's trying to disarm JD because <clears throat> there's a, a a bomb and she's, I think she's got a gun, correct? He has one and she eventually gets it from him. Yeah. If I remember right. And... It's supposed to self-destruct in how many minutes was it? I think it was like two or three <clears throat> minutes. Yeah. Maybe ten. I could be wrong. Yeah, and it's supposed to self-destruct. And she's trying to figure out a way to get the bomb away from him and the gun away. And she's saying, you know, this is really stupid. You're really psycho. Um, you know, why would you why would you even think about doing that? And I think his excuse was, well, you know, life is meaningless and I've moved around a lot and I don't really care about any of the lives here and uh, go on and fill the rest. He would. Eventually, she stops this guy, but they <laughs> end up outside of the school. She goes back in and everybody is safe. Yep. Even Heather Dookie lives to the end of the movie. <laughs> it's Duke. Duke. Not Dookie. <laughs> well, she acted like Dookie in the middle of the movie. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think this is a, a classic 80s movie about mean girls and jocks. And crazy uh, boys that end up almost being shooters. I would say it's a good teenage comedy from the 80s. 
about a woman who is disenfranchised with her social position and falls for the wrong guy. Yep. Yeah. I think that Christian Slater gave an amazing performance in this film. He was. He really was a psycho in this movie. Like, I still think his best role was as happy Harry Hardon in Pump Up the Volume. Right. But this film is legit. He, yes. He's good in this He movie. is very good. You yeah. really do believe that he's a psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was really good. It's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it, I'd give it a strong seven. Yeah, I'd give it a I'd give it a strong seven too. I mean, it's it's not a movie that I'd like to watch every Friday night. Yeah. But <laughs> um, you see a young Winona writer, and I actually I liked her character. I did. I did too. Now I I will say it feels a little bit weird watching <laughs> this movie in twenty twenty two. Not just because of, obviously, the gay jokes, but also, even more so, because of all the school shootings we've had right. since the time this film came out. I mean, this was like, uh, this this kid was very disturbed. Uh, I'm talking about Jason Dean in the yeah. movie. Very disturbed. Um, you know, he seemed kind of normal at first and a little bit quirky, but he's really disturbed. And probably because he was moving around, so he didn't have a lot of stability, and his dad uh, blew up buildings. Yeah, and was okay, was proud of it. He just thought it was the funniest thing ever. Um, but then you think about Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris and all the other shooters that would follow after, and when did this whole when did the their um, ideas start and you know, and and you and you find out like some of the shooters have been. Um, I think some of them have tried to make like pipe bombs. I think. Or I think you're right. Explosives. Yeah. Homemade explosives, which sounds like something Jason Dean would do. Absolutely. Yeah, and it just makes me think Jason Dean is like might be your quintessential teenage um, high school shooter, except yeah. he's not real. Except he's not real. Yeah. And I don't want to give this movie too much credit. I've never heard it referenced as an inspirational film by these crazy people who shoot up schools. Right, exactly. But you could see this film, and if you were a school shooter or about to be one, you could see how somebody could be a little bit influenced by this Oh, absolutely. Because Veronica thinks of killing Heather. Mm -hmm. He actually goes ahead and goes ahead and does it but there's also the scene in the cafeteria near the beginning of the movie where the jocks start harassing jason and he pulls out a gun yep now it turns out that it had blanks in it yep but they didn't know that at the time no it didn't no no yeah and he kills people later on in the movie he does he really does and he doesn't seem to have any remorse for it so it's interesting watching it now yeah and I think I would have liked it better if I had seen it in 97, not only because I was younger, but because school shootings weren't as prevalent as they are today. And, I mean, we didn't know that uh, 11 years later, this was going to happen. The um, Columbine shooting was going to happen. You mean 11 years after this movie came out? Yes. Yeah. So, you know. It's interesting. Exactly. It is. Yes. 
Yes. Would you recommend this movie to your family? Um, I don't know. They might like it. I mean, it's a it's a teenage dark comedy. They might like it. Good. If they like Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. They do. <laughs> they do? Yeah, why not? Oh my goodness. <laughs> then we watched a very... Or is there anything else you want to say about it? Um, I thought Heather, uh, not Heather, but um, I thought Veronica's parents were so out of touch. Yes. Very disconnected with what Veronica was fe- feeling. Oh. <clears throat> really disconnected. <coughs> Should we move on to the documentary? Yes. It was a very jarring film about Arthur Miller, the man who wrote... Death of a Salesman and The, the Crucible. Crucible. Yep. I I mean, the first hour was really good. Yeah. His, it wasn't it like an hour and a half or something? Oh, until the thing came up? Huh? We're, no, I mean, like, wasn't it, wasn't the documentary like for at least an hour and a half? Yeah, but I'm saying the first hour was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then we found out something that yeah. like really took me out of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I'm assuming you too. Well, I don't know if it took me out of the movie, but I was really... um, I was very disturbed. It was disturbing. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Basically talks about how his father immigrated to this family and he was the last member of this, you know, nuclear family unit to do show because they thought he was going to be like a slow kid. And then Arthur Miller is eventually born, goes through life, starts writing these plays marries Marilyn Monroe, divorces her, then meets the love of his wife. Life. Yeah, the uh, love of his life. Inga. Inga, and their daughter ended up directing this film. And I'm really enjoying it. And it's talking about how he was a super lefty who refused to conform to the House on American Activities. Uh, And that's what he wrote The Crucible about. It was a pushback to the conservatives who were trying to blacklist people, which I did not know, but it makes complete sense now. And I'm really enjoying it because I'm also into lefty politics and he's an artist and I can dig it. Right? Uh, Then we find out something that uh, was very disturbing to me. And that was that Arthur Miller and his wife Inga had a son who was born with Down syndrome down syndrome and they decided to institutionalize him pretty much right after he was born and arthur miller refused to acknowledge that he had a son well publicly. well you have to remember too she did say his daughter i don't know what her name is she did say that they did um start visiting him a lot more and um she was visiting him a lot more and they ended up getting close to him his family did but Arthur Miller, for some reason, refused to talk about him publicly. To the extreme that when he wrote an autobiography, he refused to even mention that he had a son with his wife, Inga. It was really sad. And then his daughter admitted that he was thinking about putting him in the documentary. She was. She, yeah. Sorry. She was thinking about putting her brother in the documentary, but... Her dad didn't want her to do that. And 
It felt very ableist, that portion of the movie. But then, I mean, what I didn't understand is, and I'm sure you didn't understand this either, is this documentary was put together after he died, correct? Yes, but the way I understand it is she was working on this film before he passed away. And it just happened to come out later. But what I don't understand is after that the film was made, um, before it was put out, I I wish that she would have decided, okay, dad's not here anymore. I want to put my brother in the documentary and tell his story. But she didn't want that. But she didn't do that. And that's why I said it felt very ableist to me. I would agree. You're intentionally telling us this thing while also wanting us to believe that this was a good family man. But yet, if you have a disability, he doesn't want to acknowledge you. And it felt like you didn't want to acknowledge your brother, but you knew if you didn't, it would come out and this would be a criticism. So it felt like neither one, neither her or her dad wanted to acknowledge him, the brother. Yeah, it was really, yeah. And I think I, I, she fails as a filmmaker because of that. Yeah, I, I think she should have put him in after um, her dad died. Yeah. And honestly, as much as I like the first half of this movie, I can't recommend it. Mm. I, I After thinking about it, I can't because it's such a big lie to the mm. audience. Wanting us to believe that he was a good father and having such little recognition of his son. I mean... I understand that in his day, um, people with disabilities were not the way that they handled um, the care of people with disabilities was not um, they didn't know how to handle it. Right. I understand that. But not even mentioning that you have a a son with Down syndrome is just I, I can't even believe that. So it goes so far to where we're not even sure when their son was born. We just know that it happened when he was married to his wife, Inga. Which I'm assuming, because it was after the death of Marilyn, this probably happened in the late 60s and early 70s. Yeah. I read a book this morning, I think it's called The Child That Never Grew Up, by Pearl S... What's her last name? Like Pearl S. Bud. You said a book, so I'm not sure. Buck, it's yeah, it's Pearl S. Buck. And this book came out in 1950. Now, the reason I bring that up is because the book is all about her relationship with her daughter, who we don't get a diagnosis as a reader, but the daughter was basically born with some sort of mental um, issue and never really matured past the age of three. But the book came out in 1950, and Pearl talks about what it was like having her daughter (laughs) institutionalized at the age of 11. Wow. And in 1950, she also talks about how that was a very, very difficult decision for her to make. Mm. And Pearl grew up in China, and she said... Chinese people would would rarely allow something like that to happen, even back then. It would be considered something that the family would take care of you. Pearl grew up in China. Yes. Um, you mean that you mean they they institutionalized her in China? No, they didn't. She had her daughter institutionalized here in the U.S. Oh, and but, but so she adopted her. No, 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 no. This was Pearl's natural daughter. Yeah, she was born in in. 
I think the daughter was born in China. Oh, I see. But they moved to the... Pearl was in the U.S. Oh. And she was saying how in China you would not put a child in an institution. Oh, that's And this was in the... In, and again, the book came out in 1950, before Arthur Miller had his <laughs> son. So, yes, I understand that he's a product of his time, but it's not like every parent just made this flippant decision to cut their kid out of their life. No, no, no. It, it was Even back then. No, not at all. Um, I guess I'm surprised that the Chinese would not yeah. institutionalize their kids because um, um, hearing now, you know, how, how communistic their, their yep. regime is. Yep. I'm really surprised that they didn't institutionalize um, kids with dis disabilities. And I actually am too. And again, I've only heard her take on this. By the way, Pearl is really interesting. I don't know a lot about her, but what I understand is she's American, uh -huh. but her family was a missionary. So she grew up in China. Okay. So she's yeah. a missionary kid. Exactly. Okay. But she spent her basically her entire childhood there. Wow. From what I could gather. Okay. So Arthur Miller doesn't get a pass from me. Now, maybe if he institutionalized his son and he acknowledged <laughs> it and he felt bad about it, then I could say he's more of a product of his time. Mm. But from the way this came out, no, you don't get a pass from me, bro. I can respect you as an artist. But I can't respect you as a man. Well, you don't have to. He's dead now. I don't have to. Yeah, he's dead now. And I mean, I just, I mean, if I ever had a chance to talk to his daughter, I don't know what her name is. I would ask her the question, why did you not want to, you know, why did you think it it was a good decision not to put your brother in the documentary when, even when your father was gone? Yeah. Because I think the audience should know that well and i think she in the film <laughs> says it's to respect his, uh her brother's privacy yeah but let's read between the lines that sounds very fake to me that sounds like you just don't want to acknowledge him uh -huh. and you felt like you're you're doing the least you can by mentioning him i mean i just cannot imagine like my family like cutting me out of pictures or not even talking about me when my when I'm the only blind yeah. ch child in the family. Exactly. They they always talk about me. They always acknowledge they've always acknowledged that I was their their um a part of the family. They never left me out of anything. So I can't imagine And if this film was just about him as an artist, maybe you could kind of excuse it and say, well that wasn't the focus. Mm -hmm. But a big part of this is him as a family man. Absolutely. Yeah. So I loved elements of this film, but I can't recommend it because of that. I mean, I, <clears throat> you know, I like that he was really, um, you know, he would joke around with his family while he was making something, you yep. know, was cooking something. But what about that? What about their son who never got to have times in the family house and, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that he never got to to actually go to the house, but they would visit him. And they made it sound like the mom visited him, and Arthur Miller only started visiting the kid near the end of his life. And it, and this is just from our perspective. Yeah, we're just looking at we it. weren't there, but this is what little we gathered from what little was said in the documentary. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, 
if it were not for that blip in the documentary, then I would recommend it too. Yeah, and by the way, you still can. I'm just telling you my thoughts on that. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I would recommend it, but then just you know, I would probably give whoever was watching it a disclaimer. Yeah, this is very disturbing. Exactly. Yeah. I would still recommend it. You don't have to recommend it. No, I don't have to recommend it. But I'm I'm cool with you recommending it because I would if it wasn't for this. Yeah, it's it's just I mean, wow. I I would hear about that like in a a third world country. Yep. Or at least they would acknowledge like the family would acknowledge the child, but they would handle the child differently. Exactly. Yeah, they would still acknowledge the person that they would still acknowledge him or her. Yep. And for Arthur Miller just to not even acknowledge his son. Yeah, I know. Is so over the top wrong. It is. And speaking of institutions, I don't know if I mentioned this, but the school that I went to used to be an institution a long time ago. That's right. Before it became a blind school. Yes. Did I say that? Did I mention it before? I don't know if you mentioned it here, but I didn't know about that. The blind school in Vancouver. Oh, did I tell you that or did, did you hear about it somewhere? I thought you told me that, but it might maybe it was somebody else. I don't remember telling you that, honestly. Okay, it had to be somebody else then. Yeah, so it used to be an institution before it became a blind school. Nice. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Yep. Well, good. It had the concrete walls. <laughs> and, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy about that there, J-Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, babes. Yeah? We've uh, covered a lot here. Yeah, oh, did. did we talk about, uh, no, we did. I was going to say, did we talk about watching The Simpsons? But I think that was the day before. We did. Yeah, yeah. I, that was, yeah, I think that was the day before, yes. Yes. Well, good. Well, yeah, that was when we watched Homo's Enemy. That was a really funny episode. That's a great episode. I really thought that was hilarious. Yes. Yes. And, the, and and uh, Frank Grimes ends up like, electrocuting himself Grimey. and dying. Grimy. or yes. as he is like to call yeah. <laughs> Well, good, babes. <clears throat> Is there anything else you want to discuss? Um, I think I might have to rest after this. Oh, I thought you would. Because <laughs> I did not. I tried to sleep earlier. Nice. But hopefully not too long because we're going to do some baking. Yep. And cooking. That's right. And morning. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, life will never be the same. But what? What if? Yes. I was listening to uh, Howard Stern this week oh, oh. because they're just back from the vacation. Yeah. They take so much vacation time now. Well, how long are they vacation? They went on vacation at the end of June. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's for a, a radio time. show. That's a, a, that extremely... is a long time. Usually, like, a person is gone for, like, a week. I know, but he's, like, super old and rich now. But his, da his dad passed away over the vacation. Really? Yeah. How old was his dad? 99. Howard said that he had just turned 99. Oh, wow. Yep. He just made it to 99. Exactly. And how old is, is Howard? Uh, he is 68. Is he only 68? Yeah, he's going to be 69 next year. Oh, wow. Yep. And you know that 69, obviously, is a sexual position. Mm. So when they were doing the show from the studio for all those years, they used to say, oh, we're broadcasting from Studio 69. Wah, wah, Which wah. is, you know, a fun joke. <clears throat> wow. Yes. Okay. But uh, he's still not back in the studio because of COVID, and he's an old guy. So 
He's still doing that. He's he's still broadcasting from his house. He's still broadcasting from his basement. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yes. It's been two years. Really. I know. I know. Two years. Yeah. But you know what? If it keeps the show on a little bit longer, then I'm for it. Hmm. I do think, babes, that had COVID not happened. Yeah. Because his contract was up at the end of 2020. Yeah. I believe he would have left yeah. and no longer be doing the radio show. Well, how long has he has has his show been on? It's been on Sirius since 2006, but it's been on. I know that him and Robin have been doing it since like 81. And he did it before a version of it before then. Oh, wow. Yeah. Since 1981? Since 1981, him and Robin have been wow. on air partners. <clears throat> it's almost as long as uh, I've been alive. It might even be like 1980. Wow. It was 80 or 81. It was then something It really like that. would be uh, as long as I've been alive. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I, I have recordings of him from Detroit from the late 70s doing a show. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> Fred Just wasn't a- on it and Robin wasn't there, so... Uh, a radio, like a radio show. On yeah, he was station. interviewing. This was in Detroit. He was interviewing some like local kids talk show host. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. And then I have the Christmas show they did in DC in 1981. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. Yeah. That stuff. I'm gonna leave you in my will, Dad. It will, assuming you tell the doctors to uh, kill me. Oh, my goodness. If you know, you're not getting those. What? Yes. But I love you, babes. What if? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, J-Lo? Yeah? Anything else you want to discuss? No. Okay. Well, I think we should wrap this up with a kiss. Okay, kissy. Okay. And I know the queen. Oh, my goodness, bubs. <laughs> you funny. Funny boy. You can be cute while you're in mourning, or rather, yeah. not in mourning. I'm taking it really hard. No, you're not. I'm not. I don't hear. I don't hear any sobbing or or. Uh, I don't. I don't feel any tears. Barely holding it together. Oh my goodness! Silly. Babes, yes. How can people reach us that they want to discuss their grief over the queen a little bit more? You can't reach us. Oh, good point. <laughs> Uh, it's probably all for the best. We all mourn in our own way. <laughs> okay. Well, J-Lo, I think we're going to wrap this up. That's right. All right. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.